Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. I'm so, so excited for today's guest. Her name is Wendy Coulter, and she has been a professional medical intuitive for 20 years. She is a leading trainer for healthcare professionals and is based in Los Angeles. She has effectively taught doctors, nurses, psychologists, therapists, energy workers, and health professionals on how to use medical intuition in their practices. It has me so giddy with excitement that this is something that is being talked about more regularly and even used in healthcare settings. I think that the potential for using medical intuition is just enormous, and it's something that has really supported me in my own healing process and is also something that fascinates me and I have been able to use with my own clients and continue to develop my own abilities in in this context. In my conversation with Wendy today, we're going to talk about what medical intuition is, what the benefit of it is. She's going to share some amazing examples and case studies of how this has supported her clients and the students that she trains and what the subtle differences are between medical intuition versus, say, going to an energy healer or getting uh, Reiki healing done on you. Wendy's going to be sharing her personal journey that has led her to being an expert in medical intuition and just all the amazing opportunities there are to get involved in this line of work. 
I really think that this is going to open your eyes up to something that may be new or maybe familiar, but deepen your understanding of medical intuition today. So there's so many golden freaking nuggets in this conversation. I can't wait for you to hear. Okay, so full disclosure, being part of Soulfire Productions is the most magical, fantastical thing because it feels like a little soul tribe family of other podcast hosts where we get to collaborate and we get to mastermind and oh, it brings so much joy to my life. And I am somebody who thrives on that community. So I want to introduce you to a few more of the podcast hosts inside of this network. Today, I'm going to introduce you to the most fabulous witches. Their names are Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest of Basic Witches. These ladies are next level. It is so much fun to be a fly on the wall during their conversations, and you can ride along during their episodes with Leah and Rachel as they share their deep thoughts, deep breathing, and deep belly laughs, and open up with celebrity guests and professionals in the spiritual world that they have on as guests. They ask the basic questions so you don't have to. Astrology.com loves them, and I think you will too. So give this fiery Gemini and Scorpio duo a listen anywhere podcasts can be found. And as the basic witches say, hexo, hexo. Hi, Wendy, and welcome to the show. Well, hello. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I am super pumped as I was just telling you to have you on the show and really be able to learn more about medical intuition and the type of healing work that that you do. And I was reading through your bio and I saw that you were involved with Louise Hayes, like back OG, like living room healing sessions. And I have got to know more. What was that like? Well, you know, Sarah, that was a very um, uh, seminal experience for me in understanding what energy is. Mm. Uh, I was very blessed to be invited um, This is many, many years ago when she was working with the AIDS community in Los Angeles. And uh, one of my dear friends was one of her assistants. And he Mm. said, you know, he knew I was into all this woo-woo stuff. And he said, you should come and take a look. (laughs) And I had never experienced anything like that before. I was quite Mm -hmm. young and just, you know, reading about a lot of different kinds of things. And that process was lovely. She would um, lead groups through, you know, meditation and affirmations, and someone would volunteer to be have a healing. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it was just intention-based healing. And I remember feeling, I was put my hands out, and I felt all this energy rushing through, <laughs> like, what is this? What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? But it was really fun, and everybody could kind of feel the energetic frequency, so to speak, yeah. uh, shifting. And that was really the first time I'd ever experimented with anything like that. And I thought, mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. She was just such an amazing, amazing healer on this planet. And her work was also very inspirational. I would have loved to be in that living room. (laughs) Her work was very inspirational to where I am today, more specifically her book, uh, You Can Heal Your Your Life. And uh, then the kind of mini version, You, You Can Heal Your Body. And understanding that there 
is an emotional root or component or association or whatever you want to, however you want to talk about it or call it to the physical symptoms that we experience in our body. And myself and many of many of my listeners also have having been gone through or currently going through journeys with autoimmune disease and chronic symptoms, chronic illness, oftentimes hit a plateau. And I think that's when we start to reach out to people like medical intuitives who can help us understand our body on a deeper level beyond just the the food that we're putting in our body or the medicine or supplements that we're taking or the way we're taking care of it in more of a physical way, but instead what's happening in, internally. So can you help the listeners understand and, and teach us what exactly is medical intuition and where do you find it, it is most useful along the healing journey? Wow, that's really a great perspective, Sarah. Uh, medical intuition is a, an energetic viewing process. We view the physical body and the biofield uh, using a certain kind of medicines that includes visual viewing, not of the, of the client or the patient, but in an energetic way. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like mind's eye visualization viewing. It's called mm -hmm. scanning. And what we do is we scan the physical body and the biofields very much like looking at an MRI mm -hmm. of someone's body, uh, very much like looking at the biofield as well, which is the auric field um, mm -hmm. and the chakra system. And what we're looking for are imbalances, blockages, anything physical, emotional, mental, spiritual that can relate to the, uh, the health and well-being of the, of the client or the mm -hmm. patient. Um, we also, at least in my process, I also look at the life history. So what I'm looking at is what life experiences um, did my client have uh, that could have resulted in some sort of current imbalance. And that's an interesting process. And I'm not asking the client for any information. They don't actually even have to be there. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that's part of the medical intuitive process. It's a remote skill. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it, we've, we've found very high levels of accuracy. So I can talk about that as well. Do you need to ever have seen like a picture of the person or can you literally just call in their energy field? Well, well, not without permission. <laughs> right. I actually had an interview with someone who talked about the ethics of energy medicine. Oh, I'm yes. really glad you talked about that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had someone on because it's something that isn't well taught in the energy no. sector and it absolutely needs to be. Yes, of yeah. course, we can only do this without legal permission and certainly verbal permission or, you know, some kind of written permission. Yeah. So um, uh, the answer to that is yes, uh, sessions can be done remotely with or without the patient or client, mm -hmm. uh, but not without permission. And um, because we're, we're tapping into, you know, an energetic field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so the information is available. Mm -hmm. um, but I like that you talk, you said the magic word and the magic word is ethics. <laughs> Absolutely. We do. We need permission. It's very personal, vulnerable thing to have someone connect to your energy. And uh, I, on that episode, we talked a lot about how we had experienced moments where people did not abide by those ethics and it can feel so yucky. So yeah, it's also, uh, boy, karma, you know, it's, just, right. it's not a good thing for anyone. And mm -hmm. this is one of these things that is now just coming into the national discussion mm -hmm. about all energy uh, healing fields. Let me stress that medical intuition is not a healing modality. 
Mm. It's not a treatment the way Reiki or Healing Touch or anything else would be. It's actually an energetic assessment mm. and an overview. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and actually a very specific detailed view as well. But the reason why it's not a healing treatment or considered as such is because we're not affecting the client's energy in any way. We're not affecting their biofield. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not affecting their physical body. It's non-invasive. It's, mm-hmm. an, it's basically an evaluation skill. So in my programs, just to, to continue, mm-hmm. uh, we get a wide range of healthcare professionals. So I, I teach uh, certainly MDs, doctors, uh, physicians, uh, nurses, people who are from allopathic medicine. I also teach people from the mental health care field, psychologists, mm-hmm. psychiatrists. And I also teach people who work in complementary alternative styles like um, acupuncture, chiropractic, mm-hmm. and certainly energy healers. Um, and that's why there's this really wide cross-section of people who want a more finely tuned evaluation skill to help them in their own practices. And that's what medical intuition is the way I teach it. And yeah. certainly the way I practice it. You mentioned earlier the accuracy that by which you use medical intuition to using your word, like assess somebody, assess somebody's energy. And I think therefore parts of their physical body as well. What are some examples of what you've been able to discover, you know, without giving anyone's personal information away, but what are some of the things you've been able to discover in people's energy or biofield? Well, a lot. So let me give you kind of the outcomes of a survey that we did, a pilot study we did last year uh, that we were thrilled with the outcomes of. Um, these were my graduate students um, who are now certified um, medical intuitives through my program. Mm-hmm. And we were testing them, really, just testing to see their accuracy. And I realized that the reason I put this survey together is because there are no, <laughs> there's nothing out there, um, out there in the, in the literature about mm-hmm. medical intuition. There are, there's a lot of literature on intuition mm-hmm. in, the, in healthcare, a lot, particularly in the nursing sector. But um, there's really hasn't been any empirical data about it. So yeah. I decided that on my own and with my students, we would just see what we could see. Mm-hmm. And what we saw was um, we had 67 uh, self-selected uh, participants, survey participants with five of my certified graduates. Mm-hmm. And these were blinded uh, sessions, meaning the, the medical intuitives had no intake information. We did not know anyone's medical history, mm-hmm. which is the way it should be done. Um, and we asked a series of questions after the before and after the session. The before was, how do you feel about your issue right now on a scale of one to 10, you know, from bad to great? You know? And that's all we asked. Then we did the session. And then afterwards, the participants filled out a, a survey. Mm-hmm. So what we came out with was uh, that the medical intuitives uh, accurately located and evaluated the, part, the survey participants um, primary health issue at a 94% accuracy rate. Wow. Yeah. And that, it, we knew that we were good. <laughs> but to see that, uh, you know, upper 90%, mid to upper 90%, that, that was exciting for us to see. The other thing we saw is that we um, were able to view, the, the medical intuitive saw, accurately saw the life descriptions. In other words, the, the experiences of someone's life mm-hmm. that were possible, probable, or actual that uh, the survey participants said, yes, they nailed it. Yes, when Mm -hmm. I was five, this happened. Yes, when I was seven, this happened. Mm -hmm. And these were interesting things for us to see. 98% accuracy rate on life history. 
Yeah. How like how would they? Know? There's no way they would know that Correct. except for the technique that you've taught them. Yeah. Correct. There's no way they would know that, and that's part of the process. And I'll explain that more in a case report that will make more sense and how we do this process. The other thing we saw, um, we asked. Uh, there was a, a significant drop in anxiety and stress before for the participants before the session to after the session. It was over almost forty percent. It was thirty-eight point four percent anxiety and stress drop. Now, that's not the goal of a medical intuitive session, Mm -hmm. but we did ask that just to see if there was any change. And there was. It's very statistically significant, that amount. And what it means is that hearing the information from the medical intuitive helped them navigate their journey, their life journey, Mm -hmm. and and their healing journey. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. Yeah. The other statistic I like to share, (laughs) which we didn't expect at all, um, we asked the participants if anyone had a known medical diagnosis. Now, remember, we didn't do any intake, so we didn't know this. Um, and about half of them said, yes, I know what I have. My doctor, you know, corroborated it. It's been tested. And we asked how consistent was the medical intuitive with that known diagnosis. And we have a 94% accuracy rate in consistency mm-hmm. with a known medical diagnosis. Now, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't surprise us. But to the medical world, that's a little surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we did was I, I sent all of this data, and there's a lot more besides, over to um, a colleague of mine who's the, uh, the he's a, a professor of family medicine, and he runs the uh, a research center at the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine. He's a professor of family medicine and other things. And I sent it over and I said, well, what do you think about all this? <laughs> And he said, I think this is great. Let's look at doing a gold standard study on medical intuition. And he looked at the literature and he saw there was nothing like that out there. So this will be the first gold standard study of its kind ever in the United States, as far as we know. And we are fundraising for that. That's not easy to get money from, you know, the government for this sort yeah, of study. No. <laughs> so we're fundraising. If any of your listeners are interested in contributing, they can go to the website, which is thepracticalpath.com and learn more about it, and they can contact me. Mm. So that's where we're at. And we're hoping to get this study going this year. I'm, it's all about funding at this point. Yeah, uh, that makes me so excited, though. I mean, I can only, oh, I'm like, it's, I can't even really fathom it, but I'm considering what that would have been like if, say, at age 17, when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, if instead of being really put on every flavor of narcotic for pain management that exists out there, Mm -hmm. if I had support that was uh, not only presented to me, but also there was research behind and maybe even someday insurance behind Mm -hmm. that uh, would allow me to have seen because what I know now about fibromyalgia and my body is that it was very much an emotional root. It was childhood stuff. It was yeah. stress. It was uh, family family uh, turmoil that was causing that pain. And I just, it would have been game-changing. It would have been life-changing. So you mentioned there was a case study, or a more specific case study, I think you were going to share with us on what this could kind of look like, uh, the process as someone goes through it as the client or patient. Yes. Um, You know, so many, let me just say that your story is not unusual and that um, now there's research being done 
that medical intuitives have seen for decades, but the research is now being done on what's called adverse childhood experiences, which you've yeah. heard of. ACEs. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, in a nutshell, that uh, early childhood trauma, is there's a major correlation between that and adult um, presentations of illnesses, mm-hmm. not just fibromyalgia, of course, but also cancer, mm-hmm. um, pulmonary issues, respiratory issues, uh, certainly diabetes and, you know, things like that. So it's not just behavioral, mm. it's actually physical. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I read these articles and, and I, I post them in Facebook and I say, look, you know, we've been looking at this as medical intuitives for generations and I'm glad science is catching up. Yeah. <laughs> so. I will give you an example of the process of medical intuition mm-hmm. and how it correlates to what you were saying. Um, now, this is a, a case report I like to share because it shows the process very clearly and what the outcomes can potentially be. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a woman in her mid-40s, a businesswoman, uh, who had a case of tendonitis in her wrist. And she'd had it for about a month. And She'd tried everything. She'd been to her doctor, acupuncturist, or physical therapist. Nothing was working. It really needed, you know, whatever it needed. But she wanted me to look at it with medical intuition because she felt that it just wasn't going away. Yeah. And she also felt that it, it came out of the blue. She had no idea where this may have come from. Now, my job as a medical intuitive is to look at the physical body as if I'm looking at an MRI. Mm-hmm. So that's the visual that I see in my mind's eye. And what I saw were the... um uh, the inflamed tendons, for sure. There they were. And underneath the tendons, there was a scar in the bone, the bones of the wrist. It looked like an old fracture. Mm. And around the wrist area was what looked like a cloud of emotional grief uh, that was just being held there. And the other way I look at the body, besides just visually like an MRI, is I also see life experience, as I mentioned. So I asked the body to show me what life experience is being held in that particular area. And what it showed me was an image of her at about age 20, 21. She was playing tennis with her boyfriend. She swung her racket, she fell, and she broke her wrist. And that's where that healed bone scar, that was the fracture that I saw. So it wanted to show me that. The next thing it showed me was her in the ER with her boyfriend, getting her wrist taken care of, taped up. And her boyfriend breaking up with her in the ER. Mm. Yes. So what her wrist was telling her, telling me, uh, is that her it was holding on to this earlier experience of physical trauma with the fracture and emotional trauma with the mm-hmm. breakup. Now, at that moment, my client said, <laughs> she said, I remember that. <laughs> and she said, well, guess what? It was like an aha moment for her. She said, well, I'm going through a breakup right now with my partner I've been with for 10 years. Wow. And, and then she said, it, 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 the, my partner broke up with me a month ago, right before the tendonitis flared up. Yeah. So what her body was trying to tell her was that this emotional process that she was going through correlated with that early life experience, but there was so much held unresolved trauma in her wrist that it had to, um, it kind of flared up with this current trigger. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting for her to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and that, by the way, that is the way the body often works. We hold on to things physically, even if we think we might have resolved them emotionally. Mm-hmm. And the body has its own consciousness. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a moment. 
So the next thing the wrist showed me, now it would have been fine to end there, but the wrist had more to tell me. (laughs) And it showed me an image of her at age five, uh, what looked like she was in a dark closet. And she was holding that same arm up with that wrist for protection. And a cane was coming down and striking her right at that spot on her wrist. Mm. And it looked like it was being wielded by a woman, like her mother, was, it was beating her. And what my client said was, um, my mother was mentally ill. Uh, she used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Mm. Now, this is a memory that she was aware of. And she knew what happened. But what she didn't realize was that her body and that, that point, that wrist area was holding on to essentially a lifetime of physical, emotional grief and trauma that yeah. was going to be triggered again and again whenever something similar occurred that made sense to that part of her body. So mm. what I, what I want to say about this particular case report is this is a perfect example of how our bodies have their own consciousness because logically, even though she had memories of both of those incidents and she knew what was happening for her in the moment, there was no logical reason you know, to the left brain mind that it would result in tendonitis in the present. Why? You know, but the body has its own logic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It has its own awareness. And that's what a medical intuitive is trained to do. At least the people that work with me, I train them Mm -hmm. to have this conversation with the body. Why is this happening? Now, the next piece of this is how can it shift? So the questions I ask the body are, what else is going on here? What, what, is the, what is the physicality? What is the emotional content? You know, what is happening here that mm-hmm. needs to shift? Her body said, well, there are some related issues. She's not sleeping well. So disrupted sleep patterns, gut issues were happening for her. She didn't even tell me about it. I could see it. She corroborated it. And I, when I asked the body, what does this need? It said for her, this is emotional. She needs to understand the emotional behavior here, the emotional information here so that she can heal. And that was really the size of, that was it for the session. You know, I gave her some recommendations about gut health and sleep, but Mm -hmm. honestly, it was really about emotions. So when I called her a couple days later to follow up, she told me her wrist was back to normal. The pain had completely gone. Um, She, it was as if it never was there. And she felt that she was able to process the emotions of this current breakup more thoroughly, more accurately. She felt calmer. Mm-hmm. And it was a it was a powerful shift for her. Um, now people don't always have spontaneously wonderful you know, things like that, but what they get is information that helps them in their healing journey. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a very and this was the question you asked at the beginning, Sarah. What about people with chronic issues, with long term issues, even acute issues? We want to know what our body is trying to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense now in what you were describing earlier too around what a medical intuitive does with you is more of an assessment versus a Reiki healer or other type of energy healer who is altering the energy or biofield of somebody's body, somebody's subtle energy body versus really just helping to identify what is going on inside that energy. And like in the case study you just explained or shared with us, that knowing then allowed her to, through awareness almost, it felt Mm -hmm. spontaneous, but really there was more to it in that she was becoming aware of what that that part of her body, in that case the wrist, was 
what, what was her body trying to tell her? <laughs> it was just reminding her, right, of that old trauma, that old grief that was resurfacing. And, uh, you know, it's interesting too. I don't, I, this is just something I thought of. Tell me if I'm wrong or what you think about this. But it's interesting that in that example, it was like the, the weak point of her physical body because it was injured or broken. Mm-hmm. That was almost where that a negative emotion of grief or heavy emotion of grief almost implanted itself into the physical part of the body that was injured, that was yeah. weaker. Does, do you see that that happens? It yes. makes sense that it would. It's kind of like, yes. um, what there's a saying, it's like the, the crack is where that light enters, right? It's like <laughs> that, that yes. crack is where then that, that emotion that holds its own energy is then stored in the body. Is that yes. the case? Absolutely. Okay. And, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful um, thing you just said, because that's a bigger part of the conversation. Where are the weaknesses in our energy field? Where are the weaknesses in our physical body? People have chronic issues based on those weaknesses. Yeah. And that's a really important conversation to have that not many people talk about. Mm. To so, me, go ahead. Yeah. So in my practice, that's what I see. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people only deal with the biofield and the chi or the prana. Yeah. That's not enough. You have to look at where it also manifests in the physical body. Yeah. And that's not even enough. You also have to look at where in the client's or patient's life history, this whole mechanism began. It is a tenet of energy medicine mm-hmm. that every issue has at its root some kind of trauma or imbalance mm-hmm. that affects physical, emotional, mental, and even spiritual. Yeah. I see that now. I did not think of this when I was, was just kind of hypothetically talking before, but I just related it back to that diagnosis for me of fibromyalgia. And before I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, I had two herniated discs and a bulging disc in my spine. And then those healed, they healed on the physical level, but that was the, you know, quote, weak point in my body when I was experiencing uh, a lot of turmoil, stress, uprooting of what I knew as a child or as a teenager, a lot of change in my life, putting the weight of the world on my shoulders. And then that pain never went away. And that was when I ended up getting diagnosed with fibro, which is this kind of blanket diagnosis in many cases for you have pain. It's obvious you have pain. We don't know exactly where this is coming from because conventional medical medical system and their diagnostics can't measure an emotion inside of your body, right? <laughs> well, that's that's you nailed it, um, and and that is one of the cognitive biases of so to speak of any kind of medical perspective or healthcare perspective. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. A doctor has to look through the lens they were taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, an acupuncturist has to look through the lens they were taught. Yep. But what's interesting about medical intuition is there is no lens. Mm. It's, there is no bias. And if a medical intuitive comes into a session with a patient or client with any kind of bias, they're going to miss things. Yeah. And that's why I teach the way I teach. It's, I think, a, a fairly unique perspective in this area uh, because people think, you know, tunnel vision is rampant in any kind of healthcare and it doesn't help when it comes to seeing the body holistically, I mean, truly holistically. Interrupting today's episode for just a moment to tell you about ClearStem Skin Care. You guys, quarantine has been probably the best thing ever for my skin. <laughs> There's one good thing that has been coming out of this, and it is the space for my skin to breathe 
and I have been indulging in a lot of masks and skincare and gua sha and facial massage and all of the things that have been yeah, just really beautiful self-care practices. During this time, I have been using my Clear Stem products and they are freaking phenomenal. I have talked to them about about them before and they're holistic products. They are completely rid of not containing the ingredients that are pore clogging or toxic chemicals that can disrupt hormones. And that is oftentimes the missing component to a missing component to our health journey. We change all the things that we put inside of our body, like food, and we start to eat more organic and reduce toxins in things we internally digest. But there's toxics in all of the things that we put on our body too, unless we're really looking at labels and working with or utilizing brands that are fully committed to a non-toxic lifestyle and certainly non-toxic ingredients inside of their products. And I love Clear Stem Skincare, which was founded by two women with a passion to revolutionize the way that we heal our skin and really feel confident in our skin. And that's something that I have certainly struggled with in my life. And it's just so great to have the Cell Renew and the Clarity Serum. And I love, love, love my vitamin scrub to help me feel confident in my skin. Head over to clearstemskincare.com and use my code empath at checkout for $10 off of your products that you can now put into your cabinet today. You can also receive 15% off their Ditch Your Acne course, which has helped thousands of women become more confident in their skin and ditch their acne. I'm going to ask the question that I probably think everyone's wondering, which is, Wendy, how the heck did you figure out how to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) I was always an intuitive child and um, my parents um, blessedly did not discourage that. (laughs) They didn't understand it, but they didn't (laughs) discourage it. And most people get very discouraged to use a word, usually thwarted or shut down when they're very young and intuitive. It's just, it, there's a lot of taboos and misunderstanding of what intuition is. Mm-hmm. Intuition is very natural. It's a hardwired part of humanity. Everybody has it and everybody can relate to it. So, um, and, and I can go on about that, but you asked me specifically about my life. Um, one of the turning points in my life, there were a couple of them, but one was when I was able to heal myself of a tumor. Um, and I had read, recently had read at that time, Dr. Deepak Chopra's book, Quantum Healing. Mm. which is a fabulous book where he talks about how he trained a physician, excuse me, how he trained his patients to um, heal their own bodies using mental visualization. Mm -hmm. And he didn't guide them. He asked them to come up with an image that they liked and see how that worked. And he built on some earlier work by Dr. O. Carl Simonton and other people about visualization and meditation techniques. And when my body created this little tumor, I thought, well, what am I going to do about it? <laughs> I went to the doctor and it was benign. It was dysplasia, which just means abnormal cells, mm-hmm. not cancer, but potentially cancerous. And so my doctor said, we're going to surgically remove this. And I said, fine. And then I said to her, I read this book. What do you think? I think I want to try to shrink it with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> what do you think she thought? <laughs> she thought I was crazy. Yeah. But, you need to go you on know, antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong, wrong with tells you? you. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, it probably won't hurt you. So I went home True. and for that, yeah, that two week uh, interval there before the surgery, I used um, an image 
that frankly made me laugh, Sarah, because, you know, I'm, I'm all about if it's not fun, I, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I used an image of uh, happy little bubbles with a little happy scrub brush just scrubbing away that little tumor. Yeah. For, oh, I don't know, a couple minutes every day after my meditation. I did that. And that's all I did. And frankly, it was fun. You know, it just mm-hmm. had no. So uh, when I went in for the pre-op exam, uh, and I didn't pay any other attention to it. So I hear the doctor examine me and I hear her gasp. And I think that's it. You know, I'm done for. Right. And she said, what did you do? It turns out the tumor, which was about the size of a nickel, shrank to about the size of a pea. So a little more than half in two weeks. And I wasn't going to do that. It wasn't that kind of tumor. Right. So what that did was it kind of set me off on a lifetime's worth of study about what is this mind-body connection? How do we heal what is healing? <laughs> yeah. And I trained myself in this intuitive visual perception, not just from my own body, but as an energy healer. I studied energy healing for a long time and I actually became a trainer of energy healing and intuitive development at a school where I studied. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, as, an, as, a, as a practitioner, I found that I was just seeing into people's bodies left and right. Every time I did an energy healing, I could see everything. Not only could I see their physical anatomy, I could also see all the energetic emotional and life history of it. And I realized that people were sending me all their tough cases, that doctors were calling me for consultations, you know, very Mm -hmm. under the radar Yeah, when people weren't healing. And I saw that there was a major gap in healthcare in what this process could do Mm -hmm. to help people find a healing route that works for them. You know, in Western medicine, and you hear doctors talk about it, even the wonderful integrative and functional medicine doctors, Mm -hmm. they try a lot of different things to see what's going to work. They feel like they're kind of, you know, investigating somehow they're just going to try this, try that. Well, guess what? Medical intuition can help them. And what we found with our graduates, and this is feedback from our graduates in the field, all those people I mentioned earlier who are now using it, they're finding that it saves time. They're yeah. able to get to the root causes, whatever they are, ASAP, quickly and, mm-hmm. and efficiently. It saves money. It's cost effective. You don't have to, you know, you have, you, you can know what kind of tests to get to sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, helps them with compliance with their patients and client and clients. What is compliancy? It means that the client or patient actually does what is asked. Right. <laughs> It's difficult. It can be, yeah, it can be challenging. Well, because there's not enough information for people. So it gives mm-hmm. them more information. It, what it does is it makes them a partner with their healthcare practitioner yeah. in their journey. And uh, uh, it, it, it gives them the holistic view that everyone wants and talks about, but nobody really gets because of this cognitive tunnel vision, you know, bias thing yeah. that keeps you from seeing the holistic view. Yeah. So this is really an important in my mind, you know, you can hear how impassioned I am about this. It's, it's kind of a, uh, it needs to be well known and understood and tested yeah. so people can start seeing that this is where medical intuitives need to be. They need to be at the side of doctors. They need to be in the ER. They need to be in the clinics mm-hmm. and help with uh, where it's needed, which is frankly everywhere. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you really fine-tuned a process that came to you more intuitively, more naturally. Oh, you know, just in Absolutely. your life through your own through yes. your own experience. So through that then process that you've created and fine-tuned, 
I'm sure there are also people listening who are going, well, can you teach me how to do that? Or are you just special? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's one of the misconceptions about intuition, that you have to have a special gift. As I said, you know, people are all born with this. We all have it. We recognize it in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But the question is, are you, do you want to develop it? And you can consider intuitive development or medical intuitive development the same way you would consider learning how to speak a new language. Yeah. If you want to learn how to speak Italian, what do you do? You go to a class, you, you know, read, practice, you practice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get instruction, you practice and you take the time it takes to do it. And mm-hmm. the answer to, can I learn it? The answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone can. The thing here is that I concentrate on teaching healthcare providers in the healthcare sector. Yeah. Now, anyone can learn to do this with themselves and their own bodies. And I teach a workshop in this called Medical Intuition for Healing. It's a six-hour workshop mm-hmm. where you learn to develop that mind-body connection and, and tools and skills for self-healing, similar to what I did with that little tumor. These are important skills for everyone to have in their own healing process. Yeah. Yeah. And for healthcare providers, I teach a nine-month program mm-hmm. uh, in medical intuition. And as I mentioned about those that data and our statistics, those were students who were just completed their nine month program. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, you know, I ask you because I'm curious, but I, you also answered it earlier in that study, which is obviously the technique that you are teaching is working if you're getting those kind of uh, percentages of accuracy in the case studies that you have then done. And I, I'm just... I just want to take a second from a personal note and say I am so freaking excited to see more research that you that you're initiating this research to be able to to share with my community and to show people because there's people who listen to the podcast or follow me and who are like, you know, intuition's not real or you know, they're they're just still questioning and skeptical and I think this really starts to debunk so much of that and show, you know, well, here is a case study we did and here is a result somebody discovered in their own body or I did shrink my my tumor and I wasn't doing anything else differently. And then I think it kind of stops them in their tracks and their skepticism a little bit. And I, I believe in a healthy dose of skepticism and asking questions and being curious about the world, but it stops them in the tracks to be like, okay, well, maybe I should reconsider this. And Yes. So here's the thing about skepticism. I am a skeptic. Okay. It sounds wacky for a medical intuitive to say I'm a skeptic, but I think skepticism is important. Yeah, it is. I always tell my my students, um, don't believe anything. I, you know, practice it, please practice mm-hmm. it for yourself. If anybody wants, and by the way, if any of your listeners would like a free in session with our uh, certified, not our certified graduates, but our students that are in process with certification, mm-hmm. uh, that option is available and people can take advantage of it. Um, you're going to get a lot of calls. <laughs> I'm glad of that. They need, they need to do their hours, their yeah. practicum hours. My community school. will eat that up. They're, they're going to be <laughs> signing up right away. <laughs> I'm glad of that because the students need to do a certain amount of hours. It's a, it's a certification in this process. Yeah. You've got to so, practice. Like you said, learning a new language. Like we have to put those, those skills to use. Yes. And, and I teach a lot of skeptics, Sarah. Mm-hmm. I teach doctors who you know, think this is kind of weird, but they had a session themselves and realized that there's some validity to it and they wanted to learn it, see how it could work in their field. Mm -hmm. Um, This is what changes the paradigm. You know, when you think about acupuncture Mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was not well understood. It was not well studied. You know, 
but it has become now you can insurance will cover it. Yeah. Um, in some states and in many places. Chiropractic also not very well understood. And we're also seeing things like healing modalities in hospitals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and healing touch, at least on the West Coast and other places. Yeah. This is wonderful. This is what we want to see. So more research, more um information on what all this is. Yeah. I am so excited to see that paradigm shift and to see more of these modalities, even now, like you said, starting to creep into hospitals and doctor's offices uh, across the states, at least. And I just am so excited to see where that takes us into the future and the way that we can prevent some of the things that have happened to my listeners and to myself within the conventional medicine that I think could have, have been prevented if we had a more holistic approach and if we did open our mind up to things like this. So I'd love to just hear maybe one or two more memorable stories on the way this has impacted either your life personally or the clients that you have worked with and and helping them with their healing. Absolutely. I'll give you what actually was the turning point for me as a medical intuitive. Um, I, you know, I've been practicing for 20 years as a healer and a medical intuitive and, um, this particular case study made me realize that medical intuition needs to be in healthcare. It really was the pivotal moment. I, um, a young woman came to me. Uh, she was oh, in her mid twenties. I live in Los Angeles, and you know she's an was an aspiring actress at the time. <laughs> um, and again, this was almost twenty years ago. She had had uh, kidney pain, severe pain, right there in that upper back, sort of mid back area. Uh, in her kidneys for, oh gosh, a long, many months. She'd been to every specialist in LA um, and no one could help her. They couldn't find anything. They did all the tests. And what she was told is that it was psychosomatic, meaning it's all in your head. Uh, you're imagining it or something goes going on there. Doctors couldn't figure it out. So psychosomatic. Yeah. It gave her um, antidepressants and opioids because she was clearly in pain. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, when I took a look with medical intuition, what I saw almost immediately was a very almost microscopic crystallization that had come out of her kidney. That was a kidney stone, but very, very small. Um, I believe it was smaller than the test could pick up at the time. It was two millimeters or smaller. It had come out of the kidney and it lodged in the ureter tube, which is right, the, the tube that goes down into the bladder, right up there at the top. And it wasn't budging. And I had asked her kidney. I was a conversation between me and her kidney. You know, what's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, these are the questions you ask. You know, d- does she need to drink five gallons of water? Is this going to move on its own? The kidney said, this needs a surgical intervention. Those words exactly. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I drew her a picture of her kidney and where it was. And I said, look, please go out there and try to find a, a, a someone, a doctor who's willing to do an exploratory look at this for you, because clearly the testing isn't showing what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And she did. I heard later, I didn't hear back until a couple of years later what had happened. Mm. Uh, she found a doctor, did an exploratory look, found the issue, had some surgery, whatever it was, and she was out of pain. Now, what I also heard was that by that time, she was so addicted to the opioids she had turned to street heroin and mm-hmm. died of an overdose. Wow. Yeah. Now, th- this was, it stopped me in my tracks. 
And what I had to realize and think about was, first of all, tragic. That is a tragic outcome. Mm -hmm. If her doctors had known to call me or someone like me, Mm -hmm. a medical intuitive who could help see what was going on when the testing was inconclusive, when someone's symptoms are atypical, when no answers are coming through traditional means, Mm -hmm. this is where medical intuition needs to be present. I believe Mm -hmm. if I had gotten a call from any of her doctors, she would still be alive today. That it breaks my heart. It is heartbreaking, not only for her and her family, but I lost a brother to an overdose just this fall and another brother five years ago to suicide and both had been overlooked, so overlooked by conventional medicine. And it, it hurts my heart. It still, it angers me in some ways on a personal level, but just hearing your story really, I emotionally connect to that because I believe, like you said, if, uh, you know, she had realized what was going on and not been initially prescribed something that was masking or numbing a symptom and instead discovered the root cause of a symptom that 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 could have changed the trajectory of her life. And I really hope that's the direction that we take medicine as we move into the future. Yes, Sarah. And when I, when I explain that case study to, you know, rooms full of doctors and physicians and, you know, whoever else I speak to, and I do Mm -hmm. a lot of speaking and teaching to the medical community, they get it. They understand that, that that happens over and over again. And it should never, listen, let me just also say to your listeners, um, uh, one of the leading causes of death in the United States is medical error. It is, um, a, uh, let's see, it, it, it's, I can't remember if it's third. Yeah, it's after heart disease and cancer. Mm-hmm. In that order, heart disease, cancer, and medical error comes third, third leading cause. Mm-hmm. You know, to a medical intuitive, that is the most unnecessary statistic that I can see. Yeah. Because medical intuition is designed to look for where these issues are the root causes of them, mm-hmm. how things can shift. We are, we're, you know, on and on. So I this know. is, of course, why I'm so passionate about it. And yeah. so are you. And I get that. Mm, yeah. I feel that from you. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that passion with us today. You, you mentioned that six-hour uh, program for more like self-healing and the practitioner program and the opportunity to even get uh, a session with some of the people who are currently enrolled in in your your school, your training. What other ways are there to to get involved with you, work with you personally, hear you speak, get inside your your programs? Because I'm sure this is resonating with people, and they're going to want to learn more. Well, uh, thank you. The website is thepracticalpath.com. Three words: mm-hmm. thepracticalpath.com. There's information about upcoming. Uh, Medical Intuition for Healing Workshops. That's that short workshop, mm-hmm. one-day workshop where you learn to make that connection, mind-body connection for yourself. That is open to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people to um, look into that. Um, the other program is the main program. It's a nine-month program in two levels, level one and level two. Level one is a four-month program. Level two is a five-month program. It's one weekend per month mm-hmm. uh, for these months. Uh, and that's good because you have time to assimilate the, yeah. you know, and learn and practice and get your case reports in and all the rest of that. I teach that twice a year in March and in September. Mm-hmm. So the March program's coming up in this podcast mm-hmm. and people can look at the website for upcoming dates. Um, and if they have any questions about it, they can contact me. I, I do, uh, 
also still do uh, private sessions. Mm -hmm. And that information is on the website. We also have a tab for our certified practitioners. Uh, That's on the website and that's growing and growing. I just actually started certification a couple of years ago. So people are Mm -hmm. still you know, making up their hours. Mm-hmm. And we also have an opportunity for people to be part of our intuitive clinic and our students' uh, free sessions while they so do their cool. hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's just a lot available. On the website also is guided imagery, guided meditations. And I encourage ah. people to listen to those. Mm-hmm. Um, there are all kinds of guided meditations on there. And I add to that. Those are free and anyone can listen. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of resources. There's also mm-hmm. a lot of research on the website that you can look at and the results of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I I just so appreciate you. Just wow is the word that's coming to my mind of uh, the direction this could take the way we look at healing in the future. And just thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. Sarah, thank you. What a pleasure. And I appreciate your energy and enthusiasm as well. It's going to make all the difference. And this is what we're here to do is to transform the current paradigm and and Mm. help people heal. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Something Wendy wanted me to remind you of was simply that her trainings are also available online. So if that's something that really sparked your interest today, you can learn more from the comfort of your couch, which I plan on doing as well. And I hope you'll join me. So again, thank you for listening to today's episode. And it is just such an honor to hold this space and support you in your own healing process and just expanding your knowledge of more healing modalities. If you ever have any questions, comments, feedback, I'm here for you. Please never hesitate to reach out on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. I love having conversations with you. And as a reminder, you can also receive a free guided hypnosis to support cellular healing. When you rate and review the Uncensored Empath podcast, simply go to iTunes, share your honest feedback, make sure you screenshot your review, and then email it over to me at Sarah with an H at autoimmunetribe.com, and I will send you over your free guided hypnosis. See you next time, friends. Can't wait till then.